Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Rich Stone, the founder and head roaster of Memoirs Coffee Roasters out of Knoxville, Tennessee. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Today I'm joined by Rich, the founder and head roaster of Memoirs Coffee out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Rich, how are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good, trying to get caffeinated here this morning. I'm on that train with you. Uh, I think we might be seated right next to each other in the same car because I I think I have to catch up. You said you have three mugs over there? Yeah, and I've had two already, so... (laughs) (laughs) But I need two to make a pot of coffee. Like, I need two coffees to get real more coffee so <laughs> just to drag yourself to get to the more the more caffeine yeah <laughs> right <laughs> mine is I, I do a v60 for every cup that i do for the most part so mine takes like quite a bit of effort to get the first one <laughs> yeah i'm typically a v60 guy myself uh, on a daily basis so um, i typically use the large one the o3 size mm-hmm. plastic wow. one um but I like a really bold, really strong cup of coffee in the morning. So nice. What uh, what ratio do you use? Um, so I use typically about thirty five grams in a O three. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's a and lot then, of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like to chew it when I drink it too. You know, it's a meal and a and a drink all all together. <laughs> so you do kind of like, like a like a fourteen to one. Jeff Jewel and a weed whacker is what we call that here. <laughs> I'm very pretentious with my recipe. I just do the James Hoffman one because uh, James yeah. Hoffman is like the gold standard of of third wave coffee, I guess. So, yeah, you can't. It's at least the right direction. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely a smart guy. I enjoy his uh, videos and stuff. Um, I just I just like it when you see like the coffee kids like fight like the enthusiasts fight over like Hoffman and other people, and I'm like. Guys, it's just about making, they're giving you a standard to make a decent cup of coffee. Like, there's no right or wrong if you right. shift something a certain way. If you like it, that's the important part, you know, so. Yeah, there's no standard, really, practice. It's just, you kind of get where, you're, like, it's a starting point, and then you can branch out. Yeah, that's. Right. <laughs> they're teachers. What do teachers do? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, um. The Christopher Walken Saturday Night Live skit. I put my pants on just like you do. Just when I do, I make gold records, you know. So (laughs) it's that same thought, like that same. (laughs) Yes. But when I put my pants on, I make gold records. Um, Yeah, well, let's talk about what we're drinking. What what do you have over there? So I've got our uh, summer release. Um, I don't know if it's made it to you yet, but I know it's in Montreal as of this morning. Okay, great. So I'm drinking a Costa Rica. It's our summer release. and it's a termico process, uh, which is a newer experimental process, which is really cool. Um, this one's a it's a wild card, and so I think I believe I sent you this one. Uh, the flavor notes is pink grapefruit zest, mm. raspberry yogurt, and butterscotch. As wild as that sounds, nice. Yeah, that's that's right up my alley. It's it's definitely it's my lightest roast I've ever done. Um, I'm I'm typically more 
into medium, medium to light, medium to dark, depending on the origin, what just really represents that coffee being the best. Right. Is the taste of coffee in your area, is it more of the traditional style? Is that also kind of what, what leans your, I guess, your roasting profiles? So um, in, in Knoxville in general, you kind of have, it's kind of like split. So you have your old school, you know, medium to dark, you know, just traditional old school uh, roast profiles. Um, we have a couple companies too. I won't name drop them or nothing, but it's it's kind of like a, like a, like a, like a division, you know? So it's like, you kind of have your like cash grab coffee companies. Yep. It's more selling you a brand, not so much coffee, you know? Um, I would say insert specialty coffee shop in Pinterest and what you would get is what you would get, you know? So, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I've actually tried to like bring the coffee culture into Knoxville a lot stronger. There's not really a lot of coffee culture based, uh, shops here, but there is definitely a want. The community has been going pretty wild over learning so much more into coffee and flavors and things. And like we do classes every month at a place called Capybara Coffee. It's really good friends of mine. It's a couple from Brazil and they brought the Brazilian specialty coffee culture to Knoxville. Nice. And um, so we collaborate together and do classes and they sell out sometimes less than a day at the most two days are sold out. So um, the, the Knoxville community is definitely excited about learning more and getting deeper into the coffee and the culture behind it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I do want to go back to the, talking about the cuppings because I saw that you do a lot of those uh, which really excites me because I feel like it's the way that you really do learn about coffee is in those kind of scenarios it's like what are you tasting and there's no wrong answers making it very safe for people to learn right Uh, but I I do want to talk more about that I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking Um, I'm excited to try the one that you sent because that's anything with any kind of weird grapefruit citrus in it or or Mm -hmm. like um, I had one that had bergamot in it that's also kind of in that weird citrus alley. Yeah. Very excited about it. Um, I'm drinking one that I just brought back from London, from Manhattan Coffee Roasters. It's called Salma Bermudez. It is a Guatemalan. Mm. Oh, no, sorry, it's not. It's Colombian. I just read that completely wrong. It's a Colombian coffee. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it is uh, It is a advanced fermentation, uh, and it's a geisha variety. So a lot of um, nice kind of jasmine but like understated notes, but there's some mango. There is some like elderflower. So that gentle herbal kind of taste that you get from the geishas. And then uh, a dulce de leche is what is also listed on the bag. Interesting. I kind of get that in a caramelly. There is a hit of caramel in there. It's definitely a, it's a tongue twister, you know, it's, yeah, it's a weird coffee, but it's good. Um, yeah. And, Sometimes you almost get so like on like uh, what I find with a lot of Latin coffees that have like that caramel. It's usually in the back of the tongue, mm-hmm. and it's going to sound weird, but it almost does like a half pipe thing from side to side along yep. the back of the tongue. Um, that's the best way I can really describe that. Kind of like a you know it makes a horseshoe going back and forth, kind of it's swinging. Like, it is, and it it's weird that you say that because it does have like I equate it to a round tasting yeah like it's like it tastes round i don't know if that even makes any sense but to me yeah. like when i visualize the the flavor it's it's very interesting 
and that's like even with like certain citrus notes with coffees, either it runs right down the center of the tongue to the back, mm-hmm. or you kind of get like, like we have a way, way Tenango, uh, Guatemalan coffee. It's, and it's the flavor notes is like nutty chocolate and citrus. And so you get the nutty and chocolate right up front, but then around the outer edge perimeters of your tongue, you get the light citrus notes. Yep. I'd, I've, and I think the map of the tongue is sour is like kind of on the sides. Right. And then yeah. like the sweetness is in more the front of the tongue. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, in the, in the back, you get that more bitter taste, which is why it always right. stays for so long. <laughs> not, just, well, not all coffee. Some have a really nice clean cup and it, it's yeah, like, yeah. it says hello and then takes off too. Mm-hmm. So it, it depends on the coffee. You know, if you do something like a Pacific Indonesian coffee, a lot of like real earthy uh, forward coffees, you'll get a lot of that kind of stuff typically. Yeah. Like a, like a, even a Sumatra, if it's roasted, not, oh, yeah. not overly roasted, if it's like a nice medium, letting that bean speak and then getting out of there. Um, I've had some really yeah. clean Sumatras like that, just quick and it's gone. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we we've got a natural process one on our website, and um, it's really bright and fruity. It's got some earthy notes, and it has like a molasses kind of finish. Oh yeah. Um, but I've also had some Sumatras where people just—I don't know if they don't know how to roast them correctly, or they just think it should always be a dark, dark roast. But you know, I I actually enjoy a lot of like those earthy, bold flavors, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, I always get sad when someone like just burns it all the way, like just crazy. And it's like you just take a sip and it's like old bong water. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, why would you do that to me? You know, <laughs> is it just Robusto? Is it just over roasted? That's funny. Those are uh, mm-hmm. the, the two times the caffeine coffees and people realize it's not Arabica at all. It's just really, really burnt Robusto coffee. Well, that's like the, the big thing a lot of people in Knoxville I find are learning is they don't realize the darker the roast, the less caffeine. They always thought it was more and more flavor. And I was like, no, you get more body, but you're you're going to realize when you're roasting these beans, the sugars and oils are extracting from the bean itself. So a lighter mm-hmm. roast is going to have more, you know. Well, I would love to know your, your kind of, I feel like everybody has that cup, that, that memorable cup that kind of tilts you over the edge from you know your standard traditional coffees into the rabbit hole of kind of third wave or specialty coffee what what was your do you have a memorable cup i think so i would say my memorable versus like favorite are two different but uh two beautiful cups so the first thing that really hit me um was a really medium roasted uh natural sadamo ethiopian coffee and it was just like pungent blueberry juice. And I mm-hmm. thought to myself, how is there nothing added to this? Like, how can that a bean that's been cooked taste like this, you know? And and just like deep blueberry, real juicy on the tongue, real light. And then you get them also kind of like dark cocoa notes in the backdrop yeah. of it that really just complement that uh, juiciness there and kind of gives it that balance. Um, as far as favorite cup, um, there's a Yemen coffee called Red Mocha Haraz. Mm. It's it's a very expensive coffee. Um, I get some for my personal reserve stash once in a while when it's <laughs> when I'm able to. Um, but it's got like real deep, like tart red wine flavors mm. 
uh, dark chocolate and like this, like this real nice earthy smooth finish. And the closest that I normally roast on our line that would even represent that is our Ethiopian Guji. I do a medium to light roast on it. So you get a real rounded tart, dark chocolate, earthy smooth finish. And so, you know, it's kind of like people that say, Oh, do you have Kona? And I'm like, no, but I have a really nice Colombian coffee that gives it that same nice clean cup that you like in a Kona, you know? So, and then the other thing is a lot of people don't realize Kona only has to be 10% Kona. So majority of the time, what you're drinking is Sumatra and Colombian with a little bit of Kona in the background. You know, so I always tell people, you know, what are you, what do you typically drink? What profiles do you typically like? And what do you like about coffee? And then that, I try to find something that I have that's related to those things. Yeah, that's I love that idea of of kind of guiding people. And mm-hmm. the, the opening question, what do you usually drink? What do you like? What's your taste? That's, I think, very important for kind of gaining the trust of people maybe because it's like you want to know about them because that tells you a lot when they tell you the type of coffee and then it shows that you kind of care that that you guide them to the right place right and and so that's like they'll say what is your best and i always respond with that's preference Mm -hmm. what do you like because we may like different things you know so what i consider the best you may hate you know and vice versa so it's, it's like specialty is a quality grade of coffee it just depends what you prefer in your mm-hmm. cup. And a lot of times I think price people equate price to quality. And that's right. not always like you brought up Kona. Kona is very expensive, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of times people, like you said, it's only 10%. If, if you had a 100% Kona coffee, that coffee would be like, I don't know. You like, probably look at 60 bucks for like an eight ounce bag. Yeah, it's, it'd be insane. It's anywhere from like forty to forty-eight dollars, depending on what grade, what you know, where you get it from. You know, so it's like I always I have people ask me, and they and another one is Jamaica Blue Mountain. They ask mm-hmm. me about which is another really expensive coffee, and you know, I always say I can get it, but would you pay this for it? And most of the time, they're like, "Whoa," you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, I was like, you got to realize it's you know anywhere from forty to fifty, sixty, sometimes depending on the coffee before I even put it in a machine, put it in a bag, label, anything, you know, it's like, I can get it, but will you pay for it? You know? So do you want to spend $17 on a cup? Is the $17 yeah. a cup of coffee? I mean, there's, so with coffee and prices and stuff, you know, so like, um, you know, Colombia and Brazil, your largest like producing countries and origins for coffee. And so, you know, it is a little bit cheaper, typically. Um, you know, so supply and demand plays a big role in that. Right. The economy also plays a role in that. You know, just like the stock markets and stuff. Like coffee's prices are a lot like that. Um, there's importers that I've seen where I'll call today and order coffee, and then the next day that shot up a dollar or even fifty cents sometimes. So it's just um, it changes like that. So if you bought, you know. Usually when you buy from a pretty large roaster, like the price, you won't see much fluctuation, mm-hmm. at least not like month after month, you know, it might be a year difference because they'll buy a year's crop of what they want at a time. Right. Um, so that helps with like kind of price uh, stability there. Um, but yeah, so like price in a general, like it just, it depends, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that this Ethiopian, uh, coffee is better than this Brazil coffee because it costs $3 more. Like 
it, they're both really great coffees. It's just right. the, it's a lot easier to get more of this Colombia than it is this Ethiopia due to supply and demand and what they've got. Right. And shipping goes into it coming from Ethiopia as, as opposed to Colombia. It's a bit of a difference. And right. like you said, economics play a huge role too. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's important to, to realize these kind of variables and, and how they go into your cup. And also, you know, some of the most beautiful coffees in the world are some of the most dangerous parts of the world, which also plays another role of getting coffee in and out of the country. Yep. Yes. Unfortunately, yes, that's uh, yeah. extremely true. <laughs> I would love to know the memoir story. So memoirs... Um, I've been in the industry 14 years, uh, started off with, uh, Curry Green Mountain Coffee, the little cake cup company, mm-hmm. um, worked my way up there, uh, moved out to California and I started with a little startup company called Kuju company or Kuju coffee that was there. And they do kind of like, it's almost like a tea filter with grounds in it. And it's like a pour over over a mug. So you could take your coffee camping and have a mm-hmm. nice cup of coffee. Um, about six months to a year after that, I moved uh, took a position with Pete's Coffee in California. Um, learned so much there um, with that team, and so, and then just the Bay Area in general. There's so much like coffee education centers and mm-hmm. roasting co-ops, and uh, such a big coffee community where everyone's just diving to help one another and uh, educate one another. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And it went wild, wild west out there. And I was kind of like, you know, I've been wanting to do what I did with what I'm doing with memoirs for a while. And I was finally at a place where I could do it, you know. And so it's it's kind of weird when the world shuts down. You go, you know, I'm at the height of my career and I'm just going to walk away and do something brand new. You know, like no, no pressure, right? You know, right. And so <laughs> the reason we're called memoirs is the coffee in the bag is the memoir. And we're connecting consumer and origin together. Um, We then take crop price and take 20% on top of that. And it goes back to the farmer. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's kind of the whole premise there with memoirs. And so uh, working with these other larger companies, they would do things like build water filtration systems and housing and things for origin. And then also represent that origins coffee, that farms coffee, you know, as like an offering. And so you know, I kind of feel in the industry that the farmer is probably the most either exploited or taken advantage of person in all of the supply chain. Yep. Um, and, you know, each part of supply chain, I'm going to say, depending on who and where and the company probably has its you know ups and downs and things that they can work on. But as a whole, I feel like they are the most um, kind of underpaid, underappreciated for what they do for everything that goes into making these beautiful coffees. Um, especially, you know, some of these coffees are from some of the poorest parts of the world. And so not only being in a third world country, but being poor in a third world country, you know, so, um, this is all they've got. And so for me, it's about taking care of those people and taking care of the, um, farms, you know, without, without them, we've got nothing, you know, I'm just a guy with a machine that gets hot and it has a drum in it that spins, you know? So, um, you know, to me, that is the most important. And then also, you know, uh, I'd say people in general, not just in the in the United States, but when they realize all that goes into that cup of coffee, how many hands have gone into the beans and things? And you know, you're drinking this cup of coffee this morning. There's 
there could be anywhere from 100 to 300 people in hands that have gone through that cup of coffee you're drinking, you know, and they all each had their key spot of why to give you that perfect cup. So um, it's really cool. And I think people really gravitate when they realize, wow, I didn't realize how special this really is. You know, I think a lot, some people take for granted, I got this $2, $3, $4 cup of coffee. And, you know, sometimes you might pay $12. It just depends what you're drinking. You know, you have a high release. It's a micro lot or something that's expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not realize why it's expensive, what goes into it, why it's so special, you know? And I think there's a big group of people that actually want to gravitate and understand that yeah, and build a community here. Well, I, I love hearing that. I tell people all the time, you have no idea how much work goes into this this little 300 milliliter cup of coffee. Um, so hearing you talk about all the hands, the idea behind memoirs, the, you know, respecting the producers, it's just like, to me, that's what keeps me in specialty coffee is because it's, it's, it feels like, like a family, basically everybody's trying to take care of each other and represent the producers and their product as best as they can. So yeah. I love hearing that the memoir like the coffee in the bag is basically the memoir to these farmers. It's amazing. Yeah. I have a, I have a famous quote. I say often, I always say, you know, it's not about me and it's not about coffee. It's about bridging the gap between people and bringing them together. It's great. And so that's, that's been my thing. Like I've, you know, being a drummer in hardcore and punk bands these years, like I always like to be the guy behind the curtain mm-hmm. doing the work. I never wanted to be in the spotlight. And I guess you could say it's a humbling thing, but I also it kind of shy. I've always been a shy guy. So like, you know, now that I've had to do memoirs, I have to kind of be more upfront and more and, and like, I hate it. Like I'll sit there and go through like a whole like anxiety. All right, stay calm. This is your focus, you know, and kind of like a pep speech before going on, you know, sometimes. And then other times it's like, I'm just able to, um, I just naturally a people and a t- talker kind of person. So it's just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm, the anxiety is because I'm a drummer too, so I know exactly you feel hidden behind the kit. And then one time my dad was like, you know, we can all see yeah. you. We can all see you back there. I'm like, but but I, in my mind, I feel like I'm not, like, seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's right, like a yeah, you're just kind of in your zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, you know, hearing that. I love hearing people in specialty coffee, the passion. Um, and so, yeah, I have so much respect for what you're doing, just basically trying to showcase what, what this beautiful coffee or beautiful product is and telling the story of the farmers, because like a lot of people don't realize that all, all of the economics, everything Mm -hmm. that goes into it. Uh, and it just goes very deep. There's so much conversation that we could have today right now about all of that, that would take hours upon hours. And I'm sure people would turn the episode off long before we reached the end of that, but yeah, I really just wanted to hear At this moment, grab yourself a joint and a Snickers bar, you know, and then <laughs> <laughs> ride this one out with us, you know, like and put you put on your seatbelt. We're going for a little ride. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I really loved hearing when, when you sent me the info about, you know, doing the 20 percent above and just really building these sustainable and and uh, beneficial relationships with the farmers through the importers and even direct if possible is like that's what I'm here for. I'm here for that. Like, I love that. Yeah. Um, cupping classes. 
a big part of of the coffee industry as a whole that kind of gets skipped i think a lot of times is education um i've been to like one or two cuppings and thoroughly enjoyed it because i feel like i learned so much and you meet a lot of cool people that are in the industry or getting involved and enthusiasts and stuff so what what pushed you to to start doing cupping um, I mean, in Knoxville, like I said, there's not really the the scene here isn't cultured or like I said, it's like a lot of masking. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know we've got these white tile walls and these fancy little espresso machines, but there's no depth. You know, like mm-hmm. they don't go into, hey, this is this, this is that. They just it's just like here's something nice, drink it. That's the cool thing to do. So I wanted to actually say, you know, that's all cool and the aesthetics are nice, whatever. But this is what it's really about, right. you know. Um, and so uh, being a smaller company, you know, starting off small, it's kind of it's it's interesting being an industry veteran and then starting off small. And I almost feel like that old school, like punk rock, hardcore vibe, you know, like yeah. we're going to do this, you know, and, you know. <laughs> Someone called AAA or it's about to be a breakdown because here we go, you know, kind oh, of thing. <laughs> <laughs> My age is showing there on that one, but I think that was Evergreen Terrace quote. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but um, but anyways, you know, and then I met, um, I did an interview like we're doing now and a coffee importer that was working remotely in Knoxville saw it and then she came out to one of my events and uh, we met. And then she introduced me to uh, the folks at Capybara, uh, to Chiago and Leticia there. And um, and we met and got to talking and they realized, you know, I saw they had something special and definitely had a lot more, you know, especially on origin side than I did, you know, understanding and seeing the culture and things. And, you know, they, um, they went and did SEA training and things and they are the top notch standard in this, in this city mm-hmm. for, uh, standards of brewing and coffee and any kind of drink you could think of everything is to the book um and then with my strength being roasting and sourcing and things it just seemed like where one of us was weak the other was strong and it just seemed like a good power team to work together with and they want to they want to build this coffee community and the culture in knoxville as well as much as i do so um you do get some hate from people that aren't into the culture side and that's I guess to be expected, I take it more as a compliment than, you know, a shroud at me. So, mm-hmm. and then I invite them, you know, ironically, I'm like, well, if you would like to learn more, here's my card, you know, um, cause I do consulting as well on the side, of, um, with big and small roasting companies. And so I'm always like, Hey, you know, like we, I want to break the walls of the BS and just bring everyone in together. Mm-hmm. If you want to do your competition, corporate capitalist life, that's cool but it doesn't have to be that way because like uh, when I lived in California from Southern California, all the way up to Washington state, you probably have, and this it's probably more, but I'm just going to say you maybe have three to 4,000 roasters, different roasting companies. Yep. And that's millions of people between that. And they are all one massive family. And Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful thing going to like an uh, SCA expo or like a coffee festival. And it's like all these, it's like seeing family. You know, it's like people from all over, but it's like you can't wait to see your buddies that you met from different places and things. And Knoxville doesn't really have that. Like, um, and so I'm trying to bring that together. We have some a lot of great coffee companies here, too, that are jumping on board and do want to get involved in stuff. So that's really cool to see. Um, 
I think some of them just didn't know how to approach it or how to make it happen. So mm-hmm. um, I got together with uh, Letitia and Tiago and I was like, hey, how about we start small and do this? We'll start offering classes um, at their shop and things like that. I said, you know, eventually we'll expand and maybe get a large space and do it, you know, so we can do larger classes more often. Um, so we we started doing it. I think we've done, I think after last night, we've done four or five classes now. And like I said, they they sell out within two or two to one day or one to two days, like they're sold out. Um, I think this last one was like a matter of hours, wow. which was crazy. Like we we posted it at like 1 p.m. And I think eight o'clock that night they were sold out. Like it was crazy, which is awesome, you know. So, um, and then we get a lot of people that come to our markets and we'll talk coffee at the market and stuff like that. And I always say, take a card. You have any, you know, question? DM me on Instagram, email me, you know, call me. Even we'll we'll sit down, have a cup of coffee, and just talk coffee, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, I think I think when you make yourself approachable. And you show that you're genuine, people gravitate towards that. Um, where if I just give you a fancy bag and tell you this is the lifestyle and you look like you're going to be on an Old Navy commercial, people kind of find that cringy, you know, and fake. So I think that's kind of the difference is like, it's not about the aesthetics and stuff. It's about bringing the culture and the people together and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm. I'm it's a big family to me. I love connecting with people that are passionate about specialty coffee and i feel like it's so funny that there's so many people from the hardcore world because that diy mindset i think united a lot of us mm-hmm. and so when it comes to coffee it's kind of that same idea it's like we're all surrounding like this thing that we really care about and so yeah it's, it's, well, it's, it's like with punk and hardcore it's that you know you you know not necessarily the big stuff on the radio, but like that old school mindset was you fight for the underdog, you know, and you, you stand for your beliefs and you, you know, keep fighting for that, you know? And so I'm not so much in hardcore punk musically anymore, but I feel like I'm still keeping that same, you know, energy going and soul going in what I'm doing with coffee, you know? Yeah. That's, I, I feel that so much too. And that's what I like fighting for the, like pushing, the people that you you care about, like just if they're doing something cool and gassing it up, that's really what mm-hmm. what I still do. Like I take that from hardcore as well. So yeah, it's so much fun to see, uh, even in coffee. Well, not to get sidetracked, I did want to ask you the strangest group at the cuppings that you've had so far. You've only done like five or six. Yeah, in Knoxville, I've done about five or six. Um, do you mean strange in the coffee we offered for them to try or do you mean strange in the people in general? Yeah. I was thinking like if it was like a bachelorette party or something, if they were like uh, wanting to do like a cuffing, it's a weird yeah, place yeah, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This cuffing class ain't, ain't ready for us. You know, that kind of vibe. Um, Where's the music? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't had those yet. Um, but I would say this, that like, um, I feel like a lot of people didn't realize how deep it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And so like I had a I had a young lady last night and we were talking and she's from uh she was from Guatemala and so I could just tell she was humbled by the experience. And like for me that's that's what it's about when you can really like connect people to something. Um and she actually um was telling me that she had had my Guatemalan coffee and that um it made her proud. 
you know, like I did, I roasted it in a way that made her proud. Um, I have a very close family friend who has a family farm in Weiwei, Tenango. Mm-hmm. And he actually told me, uh, coming to the States, he said, a lot of people give me Guatemalan coffee because I'm Guatemalan. And a lot of the times I'm disappointed and I'm almost ashamed that to have the name Guatemala on the bag. And, you know, he, he roasts himself and, um, and he's come over to the facility and stuff and checked it out. So he told me, he said, I, that was the first thing I said. I said, I want to know if it's bad. I want to know if I can change anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you are my truest, you know, person to tell me if I'm where I need to be. And he told me, he goes, you made me proud to be from Guatemala. He goes, you really served our coffee well. And nice. so, you know, and even Leticia and uh, Thiago over at Capybara, like they, they carry our Brazilian offerings. And they told me, I said, 100%, if it wasn't good coffee, we wouldn't sell it here. You really make us proud and you really are doing something special. So like when you can get those kinds of um, things like or like uh, feedback, like that's awesome because you're like, okay, I'm where I need to be on this. Like it kind of like builds your confidence that I'm doing what I need to be doing on this, you know. And then uh, I worked with the. Jim Reynolds at Pete's. And so he was Alfred Pete's uh, prodigy. And, you know, he actually gave me an email giving a blessing on doing what I'm doing with memoirs. And it's like, it's like if if you're trying to create computer software and Steve Jobs or Bill Gates writes you a recommendation email, you know, like you can't go any higher than that. You Mm -hmm. know, like that's the standard now. So it's like, you can only go up from here, you know? Yep. That's that's really great. Once again, showcasing the coffees. Yeah. Not not getting in the way. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll always hide under the water, man. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. Um you mentioned that you're a drummer. Uh I know that you were in um Hands to the Forsaken, Cape Coral yeah. Hardcore. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the I, I think the Florida scene, I literally was just talking to a guy um who's in a touring band right now. Um, and he said Florida is still like, that's his favorite place for beans and breakdowns because Florida as a whole has been synonymous with hardcore metalcore. Now it's deathcore. It seems like deathcore is there's just, lots yeah, that's of- the big wave right now. Like in Lee County, Cape Coral, Fort Myers area seems like, um, one in particular, um, and, and a guy that was in a band that we used to play with. Uh, is in a newer band now, and they're, I think they're called Body Snatcher, if I'm not mistaken. They're huge. I just saw yeah, them and, like a month ago. Yeah, and like, you know, you grow up with these guys, and, you know, we all go in our different paths and directions in life, and it's just like the guys that are still doing it and becoming successful, you're like, man, that's awesome. You know, yeah. like, um, I think there's that difference. Like, you see people, and you're like, man, that's, like, you're proud for them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm glad to see they're still doing it, and they're getting far with it. And, you know, I think for me, just seeing people happy and passionate and doing what they're passionate about is the coolest thing ever, you know? So, um, when I first moved to Knoxville, um, the first person I met here and they weren't the, um, well-known band at the time. These guys were local at the time I met. Um, I was trying to find a band to get into. I think I was like 20 years old, somewhere in there. And, um, I was trying to get into the scene in Knoxville and, the first person I meet is Alex Wade of Whitechapel. Yep. And they were just a local band. Like they were local legends, but they were just a local band at this time, you know? And then like a year or two later, they just massively blew up and became what they are now. And ironically, 
Alex actually cuts my hair now when he's not on tour. So <laughs> it's still pretty cool. You know, um, he's kind of fulfilling two passions in life, you know, so that's really cool to see. And those guys are some of the most humble, nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Like super down earth, super, you know, um, there's some bands you meet, you know, and I'm sure you probably have this experience. You're like, you look up to, and then you meet them. And then as people, they're just not what you thought they would be, you know, very arrogant or mm-hmm. a-holes or ego. And it's like, and then you meet the ones that like, like, you know, it's funny seeing Whitechapel is like, they have this real deep death core kind of vibe. But then you talk to them and they're like the nicest like yeah. dude you ever met in your life. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of funny in that sense. But it, it's it's also refreshing to see that, you know, that they're human, you know. So I think people put certain people on a pedestal and they don't realize like they're no different than you or I. They're just doing something and got, you know, the opportunity to do it, you know. Yep. So Yeah, they get to live the that passion, especially in that that Florida scene was always like we would have bands come up and it was always even in like I, I was getting into the scene a bit later. So in high school, it would have been like 2006, seven, eight, um, going to local shows. And we'd have bands from that Florida scene come up and they first of all, they moshed harder than anybody else. It was yeah. scary. And then yeah. they also were like the breakdowns and everything were just ridiculous always. Um but it's funny you bring up seven angels, seven plagues. And I know that you're always wearing this like poison the well in all the pictures I see the oh, poison yeah. the well shirt. Uh, but that sound is like 100% back. I don't know if you're, if you've heard like foreign hands or CU space cowboy or no. Um, um, but I, I saw that there, they also came back uh, about a, like right before the pandemic, they did a big show in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they still do stuff like they just did furnace fest back in, I think last September. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool to see the bands from that time period starting to come back. I just saw misery signals like last oh, wow. week. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, uh, what's his name is Jeff or Carl, the original singer, but oh, he's, wow. yeah, he's back in the band. It's cool. crazy. Yeah. And they yeah. only played old stuff. <laughs> that that's even better. Cause you know, you know, you look at bands, there's certain bands you're like, man, I wish I would have saw them in this time period, mm-hmm. you know, because like, uh, you know, I, I love the guys in the band, but, you know, like every time I die, I think about when um, Hot Damn came out. Like that was like prime time to see him. I remember seeing them with uh, Converge mm-hmm. um, and it was an icy winter night. And I remember I was not familiar with driving in the snow and icy roads because I grew up in South Florida. So I remember like being super sketched down the roads to like just to make it to the show. Um and that was kind of a cool experience, but like at that time frame, like there's other stuff is great, but it's like, that was when it really kind of hit me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when I was really getting deep involved. Um, Jane Doe has, had just released by Converge at that time, yeah. you know, it's such a killer album. Um, and even to this day, it's like, I think that's one of their most known albums, you know? Um, recently with them, I just recently got back into them. They do a lot of collaborations with like Chelsea Wolf and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Um, I remember I bought the album, all we love, we leave behind. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to finally throw this record in. And I look at it and I'm like, that was almost 10 years ago. You know, I'm like, how long have I been gone? How long have I been asleep in a coma? You know, like what happened? (laughs) And then I see all this other material they've done since then. It's also great. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think it's important to, 
have that time for yourself where you do reconnect with what you were and have that feeling, you know, and you know, never forget where you came from, you know, so. Yeah. Well, Rich, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. Uh, this has been such a great, like, kind of discussion because I love hearing people's heart and passion behind, like, why yeah. they're in coffee or music or both. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I do really appreciate you joining me. Um, I really hope the best for memoirs because it, I mean, you guys have a great mission. Uh, obviously, it's being run with the most passion. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, appreciate it it's been a nice being here yeah uh thanks again i i just want to know what is your favorite city for beans and breakdowns st pete <laughs> and i think a lot of that is the nostalgia not mm-hmm. necessarily for beans but for breakdowns I, you know that was a place that we went to for a lot of shows or played a lot of shows um for beans i'm gonna probably say oakland for me oakland california there's so many great uh, roasters in the Bay Area. So I'm going to just say Oakland and the Bay Area as a whole has a lot of great killer roasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those Bay Area roasters historically, but even even recently in the past couple of years, I've been and just blown away by the quality of coffee like everywhere I went. So oh, yeah. I, def- I definitely see that. Well, Rich, again, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Hopefully you're not yeah, too busy. Too. Uh, but uh, I'll... Looking forward to trying that coffee, and and we'll we'll catch up soon. Yeah, make sure to let me know when you, when it arrives, so I know you made it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll send lots of pictures, and, and all right, <laughs> uh, I'll have the coffee on one of the episodes later on as well. And um, I always, as you know, talk about the notes and what I'm tasting. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun uh, to to be able to give you some feedback too. Super excited. Yeah. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Take care. Hey, you too. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Rich for hanging out on the podcast. Be sure to check out Memoirs Coffee Roasters on their website. They have all of their coffees available for purchase, and they also have a story behind each one of the coffees that they have available for sale, which is really great and interesting, so be sure to check that out. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. This is the last week that you will be able to buy Church of Hardcore tickets because Church of Hardcore is happening on Sunday, August 21st. So be sure to pick yours up using code BEANS at checkout to see 50% off your order. Until next week, stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up!